Be weary when others are greedy and be greedy when others are weary. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. Every once in a while, there comes a service that revolutionizes an industry. And I am proud to say that our best ever sponsor, Cozy, is that service for landlords and tenants. Cozy simplifies the rental process for everyone. Simply put, Cozy makes it easy to collect rent online, to screen tenants, to order credit reports, to do all the things that you are currently doing manually, but to automate it so that you can focus on more important things like growing your portfolio this year. The best part is that Cozy is completely free. It's free. There aren't any minimums, there aren't any transaction fees or monthly payments. No other service on the planet offers this to you for free. And one of the things that I love about Cozy is that Cozy automatically collects and transfers the rent so that every month you don't have to worry about forgetful tenants forgetting to pay you the rent. You can actually receive that rent automatically in your bank account, no questions asked. So you can say goodbye to paper checks, late payments, and all those lame excuses. And here's your chance to simplify your life and make more money. Join me and sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Nav Athwal. Hi, Nav. Hey, Joe. How's it going? going well. And thanks a lot for joining the best ever listeners and excited to talk to you. Nav is joining us from right now, rainy San Francisco, California. He is the co-founder and CEO of Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for accredited investors to securely invest as little as 5k into real estate properties. He's also a guest lecturer at UC Berkeley Law. And he's taken the well-worn path of being a electrical engineer turned attorney turned real estate entrepreneur. I, Nav, I know so many people who have done that. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're kind of just like a walking cliche. What's going on? <laughs> with, with that being said, can you tell the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background that is so unique and what you've got going on now? Sure, Joe. Th- thanks for that great introduction. So as you already indicated, I started my career as an electrical engineer and worked at an infrastructure design firm in Oakland after I graduated from UC Davis. Uh, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I wanted more. And real estate something I'm very, very passionate about um, and, and have been around since I've been a young kid because my uh, my parents are in the real estate market as well. So, you know, after working as an electrical engineer, I, uh, I became a real estate broker uh, in the residential and commercial space, brokering deals in California and the Bay Area, as well as in the Sacramento region. Uh, everything from single family home transactions to small multifamily and, uh, and office buildings. And then, you know, I, I still want wanted more. Law is something that intrigued me. I minored in poli-sci when I was at UC Davis, and I also interned for uh, Senator Barbara Boxer, and I really like you know, policy and law, and so I wanted to, to go to law school and, and really pursue that. So I went to UC Berkeley to pursue my law degree, and uh, but I wanted to come out of law school not as just your you're a general litigator or someone doing just general law practice, but rather in the real estate space. I thought I could add, add the most value 
as a real estate attorney, given my background and my passion. So I graduated from law school from UC Berkeley and, and pursued a, an associate position at a law, law firm here in San Francisco, where I worked on land use and real estate transactional projects uh, around California and mostly in the Bay Area and Southern California. Uh, in that capacity, I represented a large, a large number of REITs and private fund managers on acquiring and developing some of the largest mixed use and, and residential projects in California. Clients included Archstone, Avalon Bay, uh, Equity Residential. And then I still wanted more. You know, I, I'm very entrepreneurial at heart. And so I wanted to pursue something where I can help build something rather than just service an existing industry. And that's when I created Realty Shares. Really, it was, an, it was created out of my own pain points. I was investing in real estate. I was looking to raise capital. Capital raising was very inefficient for the type of projects I was working on. And a few others had that same dilemma. And so Realty Shares was a way to bridge the gap between real estate project managers and sponsors looking to raise capital and investors wanting to invest smaller check sizes into the private real estate market. And now I run Realty Shares, which is a San Francisco-based crowdfunding for real estate platform, and uh, I've never looked back. I'd love to know what makes Realty Shares different from other crowdfunding platforms. And and this is not for the best ever listeners. I don't ask that question because I'm trying to plug his company. I'm just curious because I've I've come across so many crowdfunding platforms. And I'm, I'm curious from a business standpoint, how do crowdfunding platforms differentiate themselves? So Joe, let me, can I, if I can ask a question on that question, do you mean crowdfunding platforms in general or crowdfunding platforms in the real estate vertical? Oh, good question. Uh, in the real estate vertical. Yeah. So, you know, it's still a very young industry. Crowdfunding for real estate was founded as a general concept in, in early 2013, late 2012. And so it's still a burgeoning industry. So anyone that's out there doing crowdfunding for real estate, I don't really consider my competitor, but, you know, I, I feel like we're all creating awareness within the industry. So we're all working towards a common goal. Now, parsing that back a little bit and addressing your question a little bit more directly, I think the biggest way to differentiate yourself as a crowdfunding platform is really based on the type of products you're offering. It really depends. Your, your biggest differentiator, your biggest driving force is your real estate product, your real estate investments that are being offered to your investors. So w- with, with us, as compared to a lot of our other competitors, we only do cash flowing real estate projects. We're not doing the ground up development. I did that in a previous life. And I know the risk and the potential, you know, budget overrun uh, potential in that in that type of real estate is, is very high. So we do cash flowing uh, projects, multifamily, single family office. The second differentiator is we do deals in specific markets. A lot of our competition will do deals in pretty much any market, but we take a very holistic macro level look at any market we're going to do business in and determine if it has the type of driving economic factors that are important for a real estate investment. So a lot of our deals have been in core markets like Los Angeles and the Bay Area and a large part in Texas and Florida and markets where cap rates haven't to a certain extent compressed to such a low level that investing really doesn't make sense anymore. So, you know, it's just our underwriting, our deal selection is really what dif- differentiates us the most. And then our user experience, right? We want to be a platform where transparency is key. We want to present our investors with the full picture of what they're investing in. And our investors really appreciate that we do that, that we do go that extra mile to make sure that they have all the facts they need to make an informed decision. 
And you know, I can't speak for every crowdfunding for real estate platform out there, but I know that you know when investors use our platform, they tell us that you know your transparency, the level of information you give, is very much appreciated. And that's not the case with a lot of your competitors. When were you founded, and how many deals? have gone through the Realty Shares platform? We were founded in March of 2013 and launched our first deal in July of 2013. So we've been around for, you know, if you consider our deal launch is when, is when we were really founded, about 15, 16 months. But 2013 was really a beta for us. It was really when we were exploring the market, determining product market fit. So 2014 has really been our, our main, you know, business timeline. And uh, in that time, we've done over 75 real estate projects across 17 states. So we've done a lot of volume. On average, we're doing about 10 projects a month. And that number is growing at a 20 to 30 percent rate. So, you know, that's that's sort of been our history. Um, still a, an early company, but a lot of early traction as well. If you take 100 percent of those 75 projects and break it out into just rough percentages what types of deals, because you mentioned single, multi, office, what types of deals are in the big bucket of most of them happening here, second, third, fourth? Yeah, so most of our projects have been residential, and that means both single family and multifamily. About 75% have been in that uh, sector of, of the real estate market. Um, the remaining 25% have been allocated among commercial office, mixed use, and retail. We are starting to expand into more commercial investing, but our, early on, we were doing a lot of residential, single family, and multifamily investing, and we continue to do so. But as you know, Joe, and you're a multifamily investor, multifamily cap rates have really compressed in a lot of markets. So we're looking to expand into more opportunistic investing uh, options. Is the majority of them in the residential space because of the opportunities that are presented to your team or because you believe that's the best area to invest in right now? And I know you just said that you're looking to expand in others, but at the time, was that based on opportunity or based on a strategic decision? A little bit of both. Definitely, you know, we, we, we list those deals that are sourced directly to us after curating and vetting those deals. So a lot of sponsors come to us looking to raise capital for single family and multifamily projects. But it's also a strategic decision. Our investor base consists of individuals that never before invested in real estate. So they're not as sophisticated as, as regular real estate investors. They're looking to diversify and put real estate into their portfolio, haven't had the opportunity to do that in the past, and really love our platform because they can do it in a passive way. So if you, we've tried to put projects on the platform that don't have that compl- a, com- a layer of complexity that you're average Joe investor wouldn't understand. So single family and multifamily projects really are probably the easiest for for an investor with no prior real estate experience to understand. With commercial, you have things like tenant improvements, you have longer leases, you have, uh, you know, you just have a different sort of dynamic that is a little bit more complicated. But as our investor base matures, we're starting to put more complex commercial deals on the platform as well because our investor base is is gaining the education they need to really make those informed decisions through our platform by reading blogs, by listening to shows like yours. So as our investor base matures, so will the complexity of our deals. But strategically, the multifamily and single family investments are really the easiest for our investors to put their head around. But that doesn't mean we're sourcing deals that don't make sense. We still do very thorough underwriting on all of our deals to make sure that the deal would pencil or the, or the assumptions from the sponsor are realistic. 
All right, Nav, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Uh, there's so many different things I could think of here, but I think the best is be weary when others are greedy and be greedy when others are weary. You know, in, in 2006 to 2008, we saw so much capital being uh, thrown into the real estate market. It was the worst time to do so. And then in 2010, 2011, we saw a lot of people hold back and say, whoa, and that was when it was really the best time to invest. So I, I think that's really a cardinal rule for anyone looking to invest in real estate. How does a best ever listener apply that advice right now? And I think it goes back to what I said about the different sectors in real estate. I mean, we still see a lot of activity in the multifamily sector, even though I, I mean, maybe in tertiary secondary markets, it still makes sense. But if you look at the Bay Area, if you look at Los Angeles, it's really hard to make a multifamily project pencil given the cap rate compression. So, you know, look at other opportunities, look at commercial opportunities, look at self-storage, look at mobile home park investing, look at things that others aren't looking at because there's still opportunity in those uh, asset types, whereas multifamily and even single family in a lot of markets is overvalued. So I think that's applicable now, just as it was in sort of the boom times of 2006 to 2008. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. All right. And real quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, it's 2015. And wouldn't you like to simplify the landlording process and automate it as much as possible while making more money along the way? It's a landlord's dream, right? With online rent payments, applications, and secure credit reports, Cozy makes being a landlord incredibly easy. And best of all, it's completely free. Sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. All right, Nav. Best ever book you've read? The Hard Thing About Hard Things from Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz. They're a premier venture capital firm here in Silicon Valley. Such a great book for anyone that's an entrepreneur or just needs some great life lessons. Ben has sort of done everything and he puts all of that those lessons into this book and it's just a great read. It's also on audio. So if you don't like reading but you like listening, uh, definitely check that book out. Awesome. And best ever listeners, to get that audiobook or a book like that, just go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it, Nav? To be honest, running Realty Shares, uh, running a company is the, you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about your weaknesses, your strengths. I mean, there's nothing harder than running a company, but there's also nothing more rewarding. And I think just this experience over the last 15, 16 months of, of running Realty Shares, of hiring great people, of building a business has really taught me a lot about myself and, and what what I need to work on and what I think I'm strong at. So it's ex- it's really peeling back the onion and exposing yourself to yourself and uh, identifying strengths and opportunities for improvement and what you want to delegate, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy as much, that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Get out of your comfort zone. I think that's the best way to grow. Best ever success habit you practice. Surrounding yourself with intelligent people that motivate you. I think you are, you are your surroundings. So if you surround yourself with positive People and this ha- this is this is both with your friend network, your employee network, your founder relationships. You need to be around people that really have that drive because you're just going to get better because of them. So that's uh, that's something I, I practice all the time. As Tony Robbins would say, you are a product of the expectations of your peer group. Exactly. Best ever deal you've done. I don't know if this qualifies as a deal, but best ever decision I've made is, is marrying my wife. 
Um, and I'll, yeah, I know that sounds <laughs> brownie cheesy. points. I know that sounds cheesy. Hopefully, she's listening. Um, <laughs> I, I think having a, a strong support system at home and having that spouse that really believes in you lets you take those chances, lets you quit your job as a lawyer making six figures and go run a small, scrappy startup. That is so important. You have to have that right person on in your corner. And I have a, an amazing wife, and that's the best decision I've made in my life. Best ever quote. Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. And that's from Bobby Kennedy. And I think that's, if you're afraid to fail, if you're afraid to really, you know, get out of your comfort zone, as I said before, you're not going to achieve. You have to learn from your failures, not be scared to fail. And so I think that's something that hopefully everyone is practicing or should practice at some point in their life. And what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Oh gosh, so many mistakes. Um, you know, I, I think, it goes back to what I said about be wary when others are greedy and be greedy when others are weary. I think, you know, that's something I, I, I fail to practice sometimes myself because you see a lot of people doing something. You say that must be the right decision. This is true for real estate. This is true for life. This is true for stock market trading. In Coming out of 2010, 2011, I didn't do as much investing as I probably should have. And I had the capital and, and I had capital sources, but just failed to practice what I, what I preach now. But I've learned from it. And I think that's something I definitely will stick with me as I invest in the future. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I just love the advice of basically swimming against the stream right? Yeah. Whenever, whenever people are going left, you go right in a strategic way. And it's, it's not just to go against the stream or go against the grain. It's, it's also uh, because you've identified other opportunities when others might not have. And I, I think that's just classic and priceless advice. Getting away from the herd mentality, not just to get away from it, as you so eloquently said, Joe, it's really because sometimes the herd will follow blindly and you need to think outside the box a little bit. And a lot of the most successful people in the world have done that and been, and been rewarded handsomely because of it. Absolutely. And this spoken from someone who has a successful crowdfunding platform, co-founder and CEO of Realty Shares. Nav, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners. And I'll talk to you soon. Joe, it was a true pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to joefairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on joefairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.